profane the sacred stone. Anyway, had a hard day in the catacombs of it. You profane the sacred stone! Oh, come off it, Hieronymus. You know who I am. You can drop all that bosh about sacred stones and profanity. Just be your natural horrid self. Welcome to Two Guys, a Girl, and a Podcast. We are doing classic Doctor Who, so it's just two guys, and those guys are Ken and Jeff. And we're doing Doctor Who Classic. We're doing a Tom Baker episode called Mask of Mandragora, 1976. Season 14, written by Lewis Marks. Hmm. During the Robert Holmes script era era, and the Philip Hinchcliffe produced era, which was probably the best era of Doctor of Tom Baker. I um, went into this episode visualizing that I really liked this episode, but as I was watching it, Hieronymus. there was a <laughs> oh. lot of good stuff at the beginning, and then I it kind of lost me. I'm not a historical person. I, I'm not a big fan of historical, and this is what it turned into. It turned into, oh. how do we convince yes. this person to do this, and we're going to pretend that this, and oh, by the way, your death is coming, and blah, blah, blah. It got kind of silly. Um, not silly. It got kind of boring to me, but by the end, it, it got, a, well, even the ending was a little... We, f- we forgot to do, what are we watching? Oh! Before we get into that, what are we watching, or what are we doing? Any I saw Thor, Love, and Thunder. Yep. And I really enjoyed it. I thought it was such a fun movie. I knew going in it was going to be a comedy because it was this same guy who directed Ragnarok, and that was funny. So knowing going in that this was going to be on the fu- more on the funnier side, and the Jane Foster, she becomes Thor, was and had cancer, and then ends up dying is exactly what they did. Sort of true to what happened to her in the comic book. She got became Thor, she got cancer, she died. But then, no one stays dead in the Marvel Universe, at least in the comic book era. Thing. So she came back as a Valkyrie. So she's now the Valkyrie. In, in the comic books, not in the MCU. But I did like how, at the end, they showed her in Valhalla, which was a nice you know, send-off for Nellie Portman. Okay, I'll have to put a spoiler on this one. Oh, so, it's been a month by the I time know. this comes out. Okay, and so, I did like the scene where I was like, because I'm like, are they going to have Hercules? Are they going to have Hercules? Because Hercules ended up being Thor's replacement in the Avengers in in the comic books when they had that split when the original team left and they had the second team with Hawkeye. And, it's, and Hercules was Thor's replacement. And then there, yep, there he was in, in the credit scenes. Played by some guy I never heard of. <laughs> so um, I'll counter that with a negative review on it. Uh, um, it was a shock. It was very silly. <laughs> well, yeah. But you, you should have known that going in because that's how this director is. Yeah, I know that. A little bit sillier than the last one. I thought the uh, Ragnarok was one of the best Marvel films. This one uh, had very, very depressing story arcs mixed in with silliness. And I didn't think that worked that well. You have someone dying of cancer, and then there's a guy's face going, hey, guys. I thought um, Waiki, uh, Tyke, whatever his name is, Taiki's character, uh, that Grog or Grok or Croc or whatever his name is, was in it too much. Um, it was kind of dumb. Uh, very, very silly. Um, so let me ask you a question. 
the the at the end they go to this thing and they have a wish and the guy didn't think of wishing for his kid to come back he was going to wish for all the gods to die that was stupid but maybe he was being influenced by the sword or whatever yeah but that's the way that character was written okay. way way back okay but you but you can tell me what made sense because he was vengeful because the the gods didn't help save his daughter, so I'm going to come around and have revenge and wipe him out because he was revenge driven. That's why. Okay, but then someone said, "Why don't you just wish for your daughter to come back?" And he did, and and was not a happy ending because he ended up dying. But that's fine. Uh, wait a minute, Thor. Let's go back a couple of uh, years. Thor goes to this guy, the the thing, and wishes. Oh uh, yeah, can we have Thanos not snap out the world? Okay. I yeah, just, but Thor didn't win. Thor didn't open up the portal. I think well, he you can write. He could have, but it, going to eternity is kind of like, yeah, you don't want to well, keep doing that. As a, I, I don't know. Because then that becomes like the sonic screwdriver. Yeah, yeah. Something happens like... Well, it can only be used once, I think. The Kang Dynasty, which is the next big threat for the Avengers. Why don't we just go see Eternity and just have this all be taken yeah. care of? But I guess it, like, it only can be used once. But anyways, it, it just... I didn't think it was quite as, as good as I, the, the previous one. No, it wasn't as good as Ragnarok, but I still found it fun and enjoyable. Yeah. Well, the other thing when it comes to Marvel is we just recently got three trailers from Marvel. Um, and a whole bunch of release dates for a whole bunch of Phase 5 movies and TV shows. I haven't seen those yet. But um, I think Wakanda Forever looks interesting. Um. She-Hulk. She-Hulk. Oh, I can't yes. wait for that. Well, it's like that really comic book series that they did back in the end of the 80s. That's where she breaks the third wall and she's mm-hmm. talking to you. It's just, that's everyone, that's like the She-Hulk era that everyone likes. And of course, so, I'm excited about the last scene that we see in the trailer of who's going to be in it. Daredevil? Which, yeah, which we heard rumors that he was going to be in it. Well, he is I, a lawyer. I thought he was going to be just um, the uh, the lawyer, but not the daredevil part. But that's good. They're getting him yeah. more into it. Already. So back to Maskam and Dragoa. So I like um, this one in a way. It, it we see, first see the secondary console room. Yeah, but the, again, if you're if you're not a person who's watched all the Doctor Who episodes, and, and I remember when I first watched this. This is could be one of the earliest episodes I've seen of Tom Baker. You know, when I watched that, I'm like, oh well, that's the console that they used uh, during Hartnell and Troughton's era. But it wasn't. But it wasn't. Even though there was the recorder was there and everything, so it was kind Hurt of his jacket was there. Yeah, and was little, there was a Hartnell thing nearby. I can't remember what it was. Yeah. So it was a little misleading. Was the mirror for Hartnell? Maybe. I don't. Yeah. And maybe it was a little misleading, cause, but, but then we, I saw pictures and I said, wait a minute, this doesn't look anything like that. So <clears throat> a little bit, but I like that. Obviously, that console looks really cool, and they, they later on would, would put um, uh, Sebastian McCoy's um, Paul McGann's would look a little bit like that, maybe a little bit. I mean, I, I do like that style. Somewhat similar, yeah. Cyberpunk, or not cyberpunk, but sort of like a... Oh, you had it, right? No, I, not, I mean, not cyberpunk, but... A, Goth? Um, steampunk type. Steampunk, yeah. <clears throat> Did you notice that Tom Baker was more serious than normal in this one? Yeah. 
and not as silly. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's... And, and he was pretty violent, too. He was, like, punching people and standing up and sword fighting. I was like, whoa, this is actually pretty good. I do like the scene where they're going through the TARDIS, and, they, oh, that's a book, boot cupboard, and it's like, that's huge. And, and it's like... Uh, and it's just one pair of boots. <laughs> yeah. And... uh and later on, they go into that helix area, and he goes, "Oh, it's bigger than my book book cupboard." Yeah, <laughs> but um, then all hell breaks loose. Yeah, so you know, he is responsible for beating the the Mandragora helix, helix energy to the um, to Earth back in history. So it's kind of interesting. Oh my God, that guy is. They should have called him over the top in us. Yeah. <laughs> um. We see the special effect they use look like they took a toilet bowl and flushed it. Um, it was effective. Yeah, I know. It was okay. Um, a lot of CSO in that situation. Um, <coughs> so, this story is, is sort of like very historical, and uh, it kind of lost me, I have to say. It was in but, Italy in San Martino, right? Yeah. And, you know, there's one guy who's trying to, there's a little bit of leadership back and forth trying to, you know, take over this and take over that. And there's a guy that, that what's his name, is a Hieromonist that's like, oh, well, Hieronymus. the future, this and that and everything. And then there's a, a cult that's trying to use the um, the, the solar eclipse as a, a way to, uh, you know, garner a little bit of power or, or whatever. and Mandragora eats the world or whatever. Yeah, Mandragora comes out and starts, the doctor's like, hey, and that guy gets, doesn't really do, the doctor doesn't say, like, get out of there or anything like that. The guy they gets just hit. watches the guy die. Yeah. Which was unusual. He was just standing there watching and maybe because he realized there was nothing he could do, but yeah. even still, you would think he's like, hey, but then he realized if I make a noise, he'll come after me. And we go back and forth, you know, uh, the doctor's going to be executed, Sarah's captured. Um, I did like the way he got out of being executed. It was pretty funny. He takes a scarf and whoop, whoop. Yeah. Into the catacombs. Um, yeah. Um, I think it picks up toward the end. I love the cliffhanger where the, uh, you look in the mask and it's the Mandragora Helix energy. And... Um, I have to admit, I should have gone back and looked at the ending again. I was a little bit in a rush watching it, and you know, obviously the doctor tricks everyone and tricks the helix, and then he comes out and starts talking to the audience, and that's when his silliness comes out a little bit. And Hieronymus, you traitor, rips off the mask, and yeah. there goes uh, Federico is dead. That kind of like reminds me of when they were in the black hole and they lift off the mask. And look inside, and mm-hmm. yeah. Anthony Perkins gets all of like, whoa. I I'm gonna say this. I don't have a lot to say about the episode because I I, I truly did not do my homework well enough and sit. I didn't take that many notes. I do have some background or making of notes or whatever. All right. I do have to say that when it comes to Doctor Who, both of us, I believe started watching the show when we were a little bit older. We didn't watch this as kids. I don't know how old you were when you started watching I was 13-ish. Okay. 
So you were a little on the younger side when I, I was started. A teenager. Watching, yeah, yeah, when I I was a teenager as well, but I was in the later stages of a teenager. That's because I would have. <laughs> well, I would have watched this when I was well, maybe fifteen, sixteen. So maybe not much. We're about the same round. But it wasn't like we watched when we were five, six, seven years old. So we didn't grow up with Doctor Who. We were already sort of, and, um, but with that said, Mask of Mandrago is one of those episodes that has that nostalgic feel to it and most of the tom baker from the first couple of seasons are like that because that's my first introduction to doctor who was that era and so as i was watching this i do remember kind of like watching this for the first time or the first few times or whatever and kind of it was a different way of watching it i wasn't sold on the show i was kind of like wow that's bad special effect here and bad special effect there but i i i it's so you were a like while older than it. you should have been, and still being a teenager and enjoying it, you were just like already starting to nitpick things. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe that was the beginning of it, but but I was. Wasn't, but that was the field that you were interested in, special effects, anyway. So that's what you would zoom well, in on. Yeah, a little bit, but I was also, uh, you know, I I stuck with it because something about it kept me going and then i realized that there were some really well good it's funny if it wasn't for tom baker terrence dix philip hinchcliffe bob robert holmes we probably would never have been hooked on it yeah yeah so i mean it, 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 you know again here i go with the bashing again but if if our first time watching doctor who was this last three seasons we wouldn't be doing this and i wouldn't be watching the show <laughs> you're probably right we probably but, would have given up on it but maybe, maybe there's kids out there that are watching it going, this is fantastic, I love Jodie Whittaker, and it's like, well, that, oh, that, there's a male that, doctor. That's good, that, that, and that's fine and, and good. Yeah. I mean, everybody's going to have different tastes, and it's not like we're used to a certain way, and these people don't, they didn't grow up no, with the stuff that we did, so it, that's fine. If they like it, that's fine, and at least if it gets more people in, which it doesn't seem to be doing. <laughs> so, um couple of background stories about this robert jones robert james who was in this i don't know what part he also was in the power of the daleks we also was we he? mentioned yeah we robert mentioned james is the high priest he was the uh, the guy with the curly hair that was with hieronymus okay and then we mentioned uh, this in the, go ahead yeah tim pickett smith marco was yeah. in uh, the one we just reviewed cloud yeah. of access so yeah um Peter Tuddenham was a, a voice. I don't know if he was the voice of Helix. But oh, he was, he a, was the... <laughs> yeah, which I thought was silly. But no, he, it was uh, fine. Uh, it was fine. Come on, it was it's 19th he, He's He plays a few voices in Doctor Who, but he's probably better known for... Um, as Blake Seven. Yeah, as the voice of... Uh, the ship in Orak. Ship in Orak. Norman Power. Jones is a another Power. person in, in this episode. He he was in Abominable Snowman, The Solarians, and he was also I noticed I, I mentioned he was in the movie Abominable Doctor Fives, and he was also in You, you Only Live Twice. Was he really? What yeah. was he in You Only Live Twice? I, I don't know. Probably a background character or something. Oh my god! I didn't realize that he played a song in Abominable Snowman. Major Baker. Major Baker huh. in The Solarians. Oh, and how about the big, the biggie, uh, 
uh, where this movie, uh, this episode uh, story takes place, where yeah. they filmed it. Mm-hmm. Port Marion. Yeah, for the prisoner, one of the best shows ever. Yeah. Um, we, should, we should do a podcast on the prisoner. So, I'm gonna. There, there was a. Did you, do you remember this this short that came out? Uh, some prisoner fans did this. Um, I can't remember the name of it at, at the moment. It's very hard to find. I think it's on YouTube. I don't think I saw it. The one with the puppet. Um, it's a puppet prisoner. No, I and, never saw it. Okay, you never saw that? It's a parody on The Prisoner, and they show, like, what Rover... You know, they, they, they're they fans, you can tell, because they took a lot of stuff that was not filmed for The Prisoner. The reason I mention this is because they filmed it at Port Marion, and they took elements. There was one ep, they, it was they used ABC that story with the prisoner where they put the prisoner in three different scenarios. Yes. And yes. one of the scenarios was Doctor Who. They had the Doctor Who theme come up, and they had him dressed with a scarf and stuff. And they took the idea of of Maskerman Dragora. They had the uh, sparkle going across the screen. As the the the, the, the energy helix. for the helix energy and stuff like that. So, while, while I'm watching this, I was reminded by that. That was pretty funny and pretty well done. Um, Does Port Marion still exist? At least as it was, or is it like? I think so. I think they still have prisoner conventions there. They always go there and stuff. I I don't know if it's run down or whatever. Um, I still think it's a vacation getaway or something, you know. We should do a road trip. Well, if we ever win the lottery, do a road trip and fly over there. Yeah, I I would. I think they've. They're they're very much aware that they get a a few people there for the prisoners, so they do. I think they. In other words, they they. you, You. I think there's prisoner stuff all over the place. Like they left that there. They didn't just tear it all down and say, "Guess what?" You know, but um. Yeah, that's kind of neat. I don't know what it looks like today, if it's all run down or if they've restored it or anything. But. Maybe I'll do a Google Maps from the satellite yeah. view and see what it looks like. Yeah. But back to this, it did look like that uh, Giuliano had the hots for Sarah. He was Which like one? Giuliano, Which, the, 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 the the main the guy. guy. Had, yeah, uh, yeah, they bad. They, they had bad hair in this episode. I, I didn't like the haircuts, and I'm sure they were probably historical, but they obviously, I'm assuming they were wigs. I would hope uh, so. <laughs> but there was a couple of bad ones. Giuliano looked like, they had, it looks like the, it was a, a woman's wig. Yeah. Like a bowl cut or something. But I did like the, cost, the masquerade. The costumes were neat. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... I always like that big giant lion head thing that the doctor wears. Oh yeah, run! Uh, cut it out. Um, yeah, you said he was less silly in this, but that was pretty silly. Well, he's less silly. I mean, you know, you go to know, Graham, yeah. Williams era, and he's like my arms, my legs, my everything. And yeah, he's... it got worse. Um, yeah, there was one moment. Oh, did I write it down? That I felt like it was improvised by Tom. It might maybe the ending. Maybe I'm thinking that he did something. Oh, the salami sandwich. I always hated that. Maybe I think he probably. He I don't know. He probably did. And they were just like, "Oh, that's funny, Tom. Let's just keep it in." But really, they're like, "What the hell is that?" So they had to come up with a salami sandwich at the end for him. Um. Yeah. I thought this episode was was pretty good. The BBC always does a really good job with historical costumes, so obviously those are really yeah. Well they always I thought go, the, yeah. 
thought the sets were pretty good. And um, well, it was Port Marion from the locations, so that was always good. Yeah. At one point, Sarah's trying to kill the doctor. She's under the perf- the. That was good. Yeah, that, that was, was uh, that was pretty good by. by it Sarah, was. It uh, was. Elizabeth Slayton. Yeah, because it wasn't like I must kill the doctor. It, it was like she was herself, but then there were periods where she was like. I'm getting close to him. Let me take it out. So she wasn't grab my hand, doctor. It wasn't that obvious that she was possessed or she was um yeah. It was just like she was talking like herself and kind of saying, "Oh, wait a minute." Now like she's on everyone's side and then all of a sudden she get this wave of okay, he's near, you know. So I thought that worked out really well. There's a little detail there on that. Um Yeah, I think yeah, there's that much. It's yeah, a pretty basic you... story. Bad guy attacks or doctor saves has to stop it and saves the day. Getting captured, escaping. It was kind of, you know, yeah, normal. That's why I, th- I don't think I liked it as much. Um I, I do like uh, most of the Tom Baker episodes we uh, maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I, I think I could get critical of some of them, but there are some that I thought Pyramids of Mars was really... I mean, it, it just feels like this one's maybe not as good as some of the other ones. It sort of middles down a little bit, but it's still yeah, it's still pretty good, and, and maybe I'll watch it again because, like I said, I, I wasn't completely 100% in it. I didn't but, realize that Phil Pinchcliffe wrote the Target novelization of this. Hmm. Oh, well. Things you forget. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, anything else? Anything else about this one? No, no. Another fun one. That. Okay. Thanks for listening. <laughs>